When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, welcome to season four of the behind the scenes podcast, Soap from the Box. I'm Lee Salisbury, television director and producer and now podcaster, and we are back bigger and better. Not only talking to the actors who play your favourite characters in EastEnders, Coronation Street, Emmerdale, Hollyoaks, Home and Away and Neighbours, which is also back, but also extra special pop from the box music guests and some huge TV and film specials. And don't just listen anywhere. To be a VIP, you need to listen on the Another Slice podcast player. It's free to sign up to and you'll get to hear exclusive audio and video clips you won't get anywhere else. And all the latest news from us directly will land in your inbox. And seeing as it's launch week of season four this week, you get to hear an unedited extended version of this episode for free over on another slice. And that's not all. You get an extra special episode with EastEnders, I'm a Celebrity and social media megastar, Jacqueline Josser. That was the nicest intro I've ever had in my life. It's free to listen to as well. You just need to head to anotherslice.com slash soap from the box and sign up with us. It's going to be a huge year and we want you to be a VIP on the ride with us. You can also choose to subscribe and for a couple of quid, you get even more special content, including the chance to ask your questions to the stars and exclusive special episodes that will be for your ears only. You'll also be able to hear episodes before anyone else. So what are you waiting for? Head to anotherslice.com slash soap from the box. Right now, come on, let's get going. This show has been a number one hit worldwide for Netflix and I was lucky enough to get a little gang together for the launch of season four. Soap from the Box season four. Here we go. Welcome aboard. We are starting at the series with something very special. It's been a huge hit on Netflix, released on New Year's Day in the UK when hibernation took hold. And it's proudly taken its place in the top 10 of over 90 countries and was one of the main global conversations in the first week of its release. Standing it apart is the fact that it's structured in a non-linear order, which basically means you can choose to watch the colour coordinates episodes in whatever order you like, enter the crime at a different point, work out how they planned it, got away with it, and who betrays who. Inspired by true events spanning 25 years and starring one of the best cast ensembles I have seen for a long time, it is time, I'm so excited to welcome, creator and stars of the huge original heist hit, try saying that after a gin and tonic, of Kaleidoscope. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Yeah, we can all hear hellos. I'm going to introduce who I've got with me here. So I'm going to introduce this. And basically, I'm going to introduce you and you have to do a quick icebreaker, either or. So I'll do it one by one and you have to pick one or the other. So first of all, Eric Garcia, the creator and showrunner. Hello, Eric. Hello. So your icebreakers are, here we go, salty or sweet? Oh, salty. Sun or snow? 
Oh, son, these are easy. I know these are, are, they get bad. They get harder. Good or bad? Oh, that was that is harder. Bad is oh, a tough one, isn't it? That one. Bad's more interesting. I'm so good that bad's more interesting. Okay, Timberlake or Bieber? <laughs> Timberlake. All the way. Adele or Beyonce? Uh, uh, tough. uh Adele. Okay, we're getting to know oh, you today, Beyonce. Eric. No, I'm going back. I'm going back. Beyonce. 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 Okay, back. okay, okay. And the final one. I mean, this is the one that you know really hard. Speedos or shorts? <laughs> see this is the podcast so you, you don't understand how great i would look in speedos but i'm gonna say short <laughs> right see we've got to know you so well now eric okay let's move on our cast with us are rosalyn rose elbay who plays judy goodwin hello rose hi lee how are you right it's your turn are you ready salty or sweet uh sweet sun or snow sun um, I know who would say snow, but well, I mean, maybe one of you would. We've got more Sometimes people. Sometimes I would say snow at the moment. In the winter, I wouldn't say snow. In the summer, I'd say sun. I would definitely say so. Yeah, good or bad? Uh, it's, I think I agree with Eric. Bad is more interesting, even <laughs> so though it's so boring. Is. Good, yeah. Timberlake or Bieber? No, see, that's not, you can't do that. Um, I think it current... depends on your age, doesn't it? I think. It does, but also in light of some behaviors, maybe <laughs> recently Bieber. I don't know. Okay, all right. All controversial. No, it's Timberlake. Is Timberlake bad? Sorry, this is Eric checking in. Did I say Timberlake <laughs> and I walked into something already in like minutes? Well, two? I'm worried because I don't know anything about this. No, I think I think we're just salty about the whole Super Bowl thing. Oh, maybe. okay, okay. Nothing, yeah. nothing that we need to cut out of the podcast now. Okay, that's no. good. <laughs> um, Adele or Beyonce? Kicked off Beyonce. Yeah. Beyonce. Okay. We lost you there. Okay. And you don't get speeders and shorts. You get hills or flats. Oh, flats. Always flats. Always. Okay. Brilliant. Okay. Next up is Peter Mark Kendall, who plays Stan Loomis. Hello, Peter. Hi there. How are you? I'm good, mate. So the quick this is obviously getting to know you both all getting to know you all so well. Salty or sweet, mate? Salty. Salty. Sun or snow? Sun. Good or bad? A little bit of both, I think. Okay, I can see why you all got on. Do you know what I mean? I can see why 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 we make a good ensemble <laughs> cast here. Timberlake or Bieber? Having knowing nothing of what Rose is talking about, I'd say Timberlake. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, no, no, I don't know whether Rose has made this up, but anyway. Adele or Beyonce? Beyonce. Beyonce all sure. the way. And uh, I mean you can choose. You can have hills or flats or speedos or shorts, whichever one you want. Um, well, I, I wouldn't want to see a speedo on myself, but you know. <laughs> Some people, some people can rock it. I'm just, I can't. So short. We'll go with shorts. Okay, brilliant. And finally, Bubba Wyler is here, who played Samuel Toby. Hello, mate. Hi. Okay, you're the final one. You know, I mean, you've had time to think of your answers, so it's kind of cheating away. But here we go. (laughs) Salty or sweet? Sweet. Sun or snow? Sun. Good or bad? Oof. Good. Oh, yeah, okay. Took him a while to think of it, so I'm not too sure. Timberlake or Bieber? Timberlake. My first CD I ever owned was In Sync, No Strings Attached. So that it's gotta be. A, that's such a good album. <laughs> such an amazing album. Adele or Beyonce? Beyonce. Beyonce. And uh, Speedos or Shorts? Um, gotta be Shorts. Okay. Oh, he thought about that as well. 
There's almost a speedos answer there. Well, brilliant. Thank you all <laughs> for coming on to so well, it's amazing to have you on the podcast. Um, so let's start, Eric. Let's start with you, the creator and showrunner. You had you've written amazing stuff like Matchstick Men, which was made into a movie, directed by a little known director called Ridley Scott, Anonymous Rex series adapted for the Skyfi channel. What made you come up with Kaleidoscope? Uh, it was a structural thing first. Um, it was, uh, uh, I found an email from 2013 that I wrote to a director friend of mine who directed another one of my movies. And I was kind of thinking about that delivery, you know, in 2013, it was really Netflix. I don't know if anybody else was streaming then. Um, but I basically said, I, I don't see a reason why we have to watch things in order if they're just given to us all at once. I think there's a way to do a show that can get to the idea of character um, and how you get to know a character, how you get to know a plot that's centered around a central event. And the thing I, I likened it to was um, when you meet somebody, you don't say, hi, my name is Eric Garcia. I was born on September 28th, 1972. Uh, in my first hour, I had some breast milk. <laughs> but, you, know, you don't do that. You learn stories about somebody and eventually, holistically, you get to know them as a person. And I thought there was a potentially interesting way to do that um, as a show. So yeah, it was structural first um, and then slowly built it out, you know, as as one does with stories. And it's amazing because when you watch it, I mean, I watched it in the order that it's in and then you kind of think of watching it in a different order. I mean, the stats are mad, actually. So for anyone wanting to play by the rules and save the white episode for last, apparently there's 5,040 possible combinations to watch the show. And for the rule breakers who throw the finale into the mix, there's a mind boggling 40,320 ways to watch it. That's incredible. So, I mean, you must the attention to detail must have been insane to get it right that you could watch it like that yeah you know we 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 had to sort of let go of a lot of writer tricks that we use right that anybody uses to sort of build tension throughout a season um and and reveal different parts of character throughout a season knowing that there was no such thing as just set up reveal set up punchline right so one of the things we did i, I got together a really great really smart writers room and we set up some rules for ourselves um and one of them was to um, treat each episode as a pilot and look at each episode as if someone watched this episode what do they believe the show is about right so if they watch green first like peter did they yeah. believe the show about people, uh, you know, who have their lives in a prison, a guy who escapes from a prison and has to um, figure out what to do with his life when he sees his daughter. Um, if you watch Orange first, um, you think this show is about, an, you know, an obsessed FBI agent who's doggedly trying to find these people who aren't going to plan a heist. So depending on where you come in, that's what it was. Similarly, we had to do what we called siloing information, where we would not give the same info uh, in different episodes so that nobody got bored. You don't want to do the bit where people are like, well, I, I've seen, I've this, seen this bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a lot of rules like that that we set up um, and ways that we could make sure that every episode had at least one question and one answer that was either answered or asked in another episode. Um, so there was always there were always surprises no matter what direction you went in. And it's quite nice, as I've been planning this podcast, actually thinking of the different colours and who I'm going to ask questions to, there are episodes that feature characters really heavily, which I love. You get to know all of the characters you know a lot more in different episodes so it's a nice slow build for you know whichever order you watch 
Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, you can even look at the ones uh, of, of everybody we have here. You know, I think green very much uh, is is a Peter as a stand episode. Yellow. Thank God you've much... said that because that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, and Toby and Nizan are really orange and and pretty heavily also in red and pink. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's it's and and we tried to do that throughout again to sort of get to the ensemble nature and to to look at characters. I also have a theory that depending on the one you watch first that becomes in some sense the protagonist obviously leo rides uh, above it all it's it's his revenge story but still i think if you watch green first you are tracking stan throughout totally, the show you... totally totally yeah totally and when you pitched it i saw your post on instagram actually which is great you actually took colored cards into the channels didn't you to the streamers Yep. Yep. We played the game. Essentially, I, I would have them choose one and I'd pitch the episode and then I'd go choose the next one. And then we would do that for however long it took, which is about an hour. And um, at the end, fortunately, they would all say, oh, my God, that worked. And they'd say, did you rig it? I was like, I did not rig it. And then I realized afterwards, ah, shit, I could have rigged it. Uh, <laughs> but I, but I, at least proved the concept to me as well. So, yeah. yeah. And I mean, as I said, one of the best ensembles I've seen in uh, for ages and anything. Did you uh, were you quite hands on? choosing this lot who we're talking to the the whole cast were you hands-on in the choice oh, of cast? yeah they're, they're they're all my fault um <laughs> so uh i can i know i mean they i i i am ridiculously fortunate and and i know everybody you know sounds like they say that but i think fortunately one of the great things about this has been um with everybody watching it and all the great kudos people have for the show the very first thing they say to me is, Jesus, what a cast. Yeah. Um, and and I'm so not proud of them because it's they're not my children. Um, but like I I knew how good they would be just from watching their auditions. And and not just as just as actors, just the facility that they all have. Um, to just dig in deep and I'll let them talk about their process. I won't give their secrets away, but um they're ridiculously good. And I don't think I knew, I think I knew like, oh, these guys are great. Like I'm excited to have them. None of us knew how good they would be until we really saw it come to life. So, Well, there we go. And let's get to Peter. What an introduction to Peter. So Peter, who does play, obviously Stan in the show. Peter, I'm going to start, actually, you've done so much just to give anyone at home listening an idea of what else you've done. And I'm actually going to test you a bit to see, I do this on the podcast and a lot of actors don't remember anything of what they've done. So I'm going to pick a couple of shows you've done that people will know you from. Girls, who did you play in Girls, Peter? Oh gosh, when uh, Lena Dunham's character goes to the Iowa's uh, Iowa Writing Workshop, the, the, the MFA program for writing, um, I am one of her grad school classmates who's kind of like an ornery frat brother. Um, <laughs> and he is called Jeffrey. He's Jeffrey. You're Jeffrey. 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 Um, yes. The Americans, one of the big series everyone knows you for. Uh, you, do you remember who you played in The Americans? Uh, yeah, sure. I played Hans. There we go. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, you'll never, there's so many actors who don't remember the last role they played. I think it's one of those jobs, <laughs> isn't it, where you remember everything for the time you're in it. Um, Chicago that. Med as well. You were very, what you did, uh, loads of that. Who did you play in that? Joey. I can't yes. remember his last name, but Joey something. You're good at this. And I mean, you've been in so much more. Gotham, The Good Fight. Oh, my God. One of my favorite shows. And you've got one of my favorite lines in one of my favorite films from last year. I didn't realize you went back and watched this just to see you. You played Simon in Top Gun Maverick and you had a killer. <laughs> you had the killer line. What was your killer line? My killer line was put that in your Pentagon budget. Yes. One of the best scenes. That must have been an amazing experience doing Top Gun. Uh, it was amazing. It was just like, you know, being around 
all of those people and, and sharing uh, sharing a scene with Ed Harris, who I, I just admire so so much, and getting to work with Tom Cruise, and uh, yeah, it was it was um, one of those moments where you're on a an actual uh, Air Force base shooting a a remake of Top Gun, and you're like. Holy shit, how did I get What am I doing? And the pressure as an actor, I always think if you've got like one line, the pressure is actually greater sometimes than having a lead part because how you play that line is so vital. Well, yeah, I mean, I remember uh, the one day, it was just a long, long day, and I had to say a whole bunch of scientific jargon that I barely understood what it meant. (laughs) And it was just so tired, and I just could not get this, this, this one line, and I just felt so stupid because... It's like every actor's worst nightmare that everyone's just waiting for you to, to get the take. And then, you know, finally you do. But then you just spend the next three years in therapy talking about, oh, God, <laughs> how did I fuck that up? <laughs> I know. Well, let's move to the green episode. As we said, thank God I, I was asking you about this. This is the one I watched first. Totally fell in love with the character of Stan. I mean, we joined him in the prison, obviously. Did you film all of the prison stuff at kind of the same? Did you kind of do the prison, then the FBI? Did you do it all at the same time? Um, all, we were out in Staten Island at a, at a, uh, it wasn't a, an active prison, but it used to be a prison. I think a lot of TV stuff is shot there. I think like things like Orange is the New Black, you know, and, and things like that shot there. But, um, yeah, we, Eric, right. How many days were we out there? Do you remember? Yeah, we were in the prison for two and a half weeks. We were there Oh, okay. Months. A long time. Yeah. And you had, I mean, your stuff, your stuff was great in there. I mean, my, you know, you had probably the first really gruesome scene with a rolling pin. Um, and <laughs> and the character himself was kind of running scams left to right and centre. It's kind of a really good intro to Stan, wasn't it? Yeah, you get to see him in his element and kind of uh, him wheeling and dealing and, and, and kind of, uh, <laughs> like you say, in his element. And um, you get to see the kind of genesis of uh, this kind of beautiful and heartbreaking relationship between him and and leo and then is so much beautiful exposition between him and judy but it never i think what eric and the writers do so brilliantly it's like it never really feels like exposition it just feels like you're watching this one hour movie that 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 feels like it has a beginning middle and end but still allows for the possibility of more story to happen it does. I mean, your relationship with Leo, who is played obviously by the brilliant Giancarlo, I mean, that lasts the entire series, obviously, and it goes through many different levels. It must have been, he's an amazing, phenomenal actor as well, obviously. It must have been a great process to be with together, working on that relationship. Yeah, you know, I, I think at first you kind of pinch yourself because you you are, I was like, oh, you can't fanboy over, all over this guy because we actually have to work together and share <laughs> share a frame together but um yeah once i kind of forced myself to quickly get over that and he's just such a he was such a great leader on set and such like a i kept saying to him i said to him a couple of times you know i went to dharma school but i still feel as we're working together and i'm learning so much for you so i was so grateful for that time being able to act with him well, I think, I mean, I'm speaking to so many actors on this podcast and Sue Johnson is a massive actor in the UK, like huge in her own right. And she worked with Maggie Smith on Downton Abbey. And she said, and I think this is, I've learned this about most actors, that every actor thinks they're going to be found out at any second and they're not supposed to be there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, that's, it's like the imposter syndrome is, is, is real. And I kind of don't trust people who don't have that. Cause I'm like, well, what's, what's going on that you are so confident in yourself. I mean, I, I wish I had that 
um, I didn't have that kind of nagging voice of, but it's something I think that we all work on and, and get better. Hopefully, yeah, and I think that's what makes good actors as well. Yeah, yeah, because everyone always feels they're on a learning curve, which is amazing. And then obviously you said, we'll get to Rose in a bit, but you, we introduced uh, Stan and Judy together, which is a great chemistry as well. And then it's thrown up in the air when Bob appears, obviously. That, That relationship between you three is so brilliant as well. And another little Easter egg I missed was Stan starting to wear an earring after this episode, you know, slowly begin. That was kind of a little thing thrown in as well. Yeah, I love that. I think it's just like it's such a, a a a brilliant thing that the show does that it it rides so many different tones, right? Like it could be super serious and then kind of have humor and something silly, like you know him trying to posture and kind of pose yeah, or something, which would really be, annoy Bob. Right? Yeah, exactly. Or, uh, or like make himself more attractive to Judy somehow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know? Go on, Eric. The, uh, the earring thing actually was in the writers' room, and and uh, Josh Stoddard and Evan Endicott, who wrote the Green episode, were the ones who pitched it to me, and I just started laughing. And they said, like, you know, like let's do that in green, and then in yellow, you know, he shows up when he goes to see Judy. And I just started laughing. I'm like, that is so ridiculous and great as a character. I'm, and usually when I laugh like that at something, it ends up in the show. Even yeah, and then, yeah. you know, in, in red, you know, he gets that ear shot off. Um, and part of the concept, you know, is this notion of like Stan's not Stan's not a criminal criminal, right? I mean, he's this guy who got himself in over his head. He's a good dude. And it's sort of, you know, you're gonna put the earring on, you're gonna try to play Bob. Bob stuff's gonna happen. So anyway, sorry, not to interrupt, but but I loved I loved when John and Evan pitched me that and I love when stuff that specifically comes up little character stuff like that ends up finally in the show just and that exciting. sparring is so good with those I mean I love the sparring between Bob and Stan it's absolutely brilliant that relationship there's so many great relationships in it and quickly actually Eric talking about filming say all the prison stuff at once and I know the prison stuff was a lot in the green episode anyway but obviously I noticed straight away the colours in the episodes and the props were more lent towards the colours which is obviously amazing as well but that must have been in a way quite hard to keep track of if you're filming episodes uh, here, there and everywhere. Yeah, I mean, look, we fortunately had, we had an amazing HODs production design, Michael Brecker, who I think is just fantastic. All Jenny Gary who did our costumes, Max Sherwood did our props. Everybody also threw down with this. And so everybody's department was really good at keeping track of what was what. Um, and then similarly, you know, we, we had good ADs um, and then we were just, as on it as we could be. I'd be remiss if I did not mention uh, Sarah Rennert, who worked with me on this uh, on set and was also Eagle Eye. Um, and we would find things and we go, wait, wait, wait. If we do that here, it's going to mess up this other episode. Or hey, right, yeah, yeah. Have- oh my God, that's a script supervisor's nightmare, this show, isn't it? Oh no. Yeah, yeah. No, that was, <laughs> and what were, you know, that's most of the scripties had to, had to, worry about the things they usually worry about, which is making sure there's continuity between shots. I, we, we could not, really rely on them and i don't say rely on them in a bad way but we couldn't force them to be the arbiters of the entire show yeah that sort of yeah thing. well to us and the actors as well because they also knew these things or remember these things when you get to rose ask her about the hot sauces well we're um, getting on to now you've just linked me to rose perfectly we'll come back to peter obviously and all of you in a bit but rose we'll move on to you with the yellow episode like peter i'm going to test you a little bit about some of the things you've done and who oh, did you play in them as I said, no one ever remembers. Right, I'm just, I've got the whole list here, but I'm just going to pick. I've gone for stage with you. Uh, 2013. Oh, God. How did you <laughs> <that>? <laughs> 2013, you were in Twelfth Night. Who did you play in Twelfth Night? 
Olivia. Oh, there we go. Uh, what else? I'm trying to think of really. Uh, in 2012, the picture of Dorian Gray. Sybil Vane. Yes. Wow. And the surname. You're brilliant. I'm going to go back even further in time. In 2010, an ideal husband. Oh, oh, what's her name? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> yes, I've caught you. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Mabel. Mabel? Yes. Oh, you're really good. Oh, God, you're so God. good at this. And obviously, in t- last at the end of last year, you are in Dodie Diana with Mr. Peter himself playing Samira, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, we did a little play together. How was that, re- reuniting? It was really fun, actually. It was really, Peter and I uh, had this really happy accident where we just kind of, I don't think we stopped working together until like October of this year because we just kept doing little projects together after Kaleidoscope um and it was actually very nice I mean poor Stan and the things I had to sort of do to Stan as Judy and Kaleidoscope it was really nice kind of doing to be nice he well I wasn't exactly nice to him but at least he got to give as good as he got (laughs) (laughs) I know because I mean what a character Judy is quickly about you though you were born in Cairo everyone listening can notice the English accent because you read classics and archaeology at Oxford University I I did do that (laughs) yeah and then you studied at the actor's studio in New York it's like you lived a dream here before even starting work it was I yeah it's very I mean I'm I I think I'm very grateful especially recently just like the number of times I'd call up my parents and be like so change of plan (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I did I got to spend a really great year here in 2013 and 2014 um before going back to drama school in um London which was like it was really like I I think that I never really fell out of love with New York after doing that so it's nice to be back and to have shot the show here was such a nice gift well as we said Judy is such an immense character I mean and I think the yellow episode we really get to know her we certainly get to know the relationship between her and Bob which is very intense I mean I love the scene where you get him to step forward and say I'm a fucking moron um and you get to wear a wig I mean what an amazing scene that is I I will say like one of my one of the tragedies of this job is that I don't think I'm ever going to get uh, the chance to wear that many wigs and blow that many those many things up again. Um, oh, I will keep putting you in wigs. There's yeah, no the wigs the wigs were great. Me, that's now he's now said that officially, and you've yeah we've on. heard that that's on that's on a podcast now. And also that scene though, what I loved about that is when we got more into Bob and Judy is the fact that actually. She was, you know, he was very, you know, quite controlling of her, wasn't he? So it was amazing in that moment. She kind of totally was able to take the reins. Yeah, I think it's um, it's an interesting, it was an interesting relationship to have to sort of chart in the moments that we got to spend with them. Um, because I think, without, I don't know how much we can spoil, but it's not really until the white episode, I think, that Judy really understands that she isn't in control. Yeah, and that these small things um, of control that she gives herself in that relationship are not enough, and and how dangerous this person actually is, and also who she would have to become to stay in that relationship. Um, so I think up until that point, and uh, we're all kind of guilty of it. I think we uh, we can give ourselves more agency in a situation because we all give ourselves the illusion of agency, illusion of agency, because we love someone. Yeah. And and I suppose a lot of people, bit, you know, everyone's kind of vying for her to be with Stan, but often in life, you choose the wrong one. Do you know what I mean? You do. And also Stan went to prison. No, I know. Stan's not, I know. Stan's not the best guy, but I mean, he's better than Bob. 
<laughs> she left. She was alone on the outside. No, and I, I think it is very. I mean, we all delved very deeply into the backstories of these people and why they make the choices they do. And there were really great, helpful hints that the writers had left us in a text. And with Judy, it was um, her father. Just a little. I think it's just a little throwaway line in the show, but it it became the basis for um, sort of her really not feeling like she maybe deserves a stan. Or yeah, and also I suppose she's quite horrible to him in the green episode, really, isn't she? You know, she's not. You know, she's leading him on a bit. I think I don't think she's leading him on. I think that's a, it's a really cool read of Judy. <laughs> I think no, I, I think I think she's just overwhelmed. I think they're quite they're quite um, young in green, and also I think Stan does mention it in at one point that they haven't actually been together very long. No, oh um, no, and he wants to marry her. I mean, but... yeah, he wants to marry her. I think it's, it's very, it's it's perfectly understandable that she's overwhelmed by that. But she's still, you know, she's visiting him in prison. She's helping him smuggle stuff in. She's trying to take care of him. Um, yeah, and true, then... true. Okay, all right. I'll give Judy that. <laughs> and also in this episode, obviously, it's the it's the seed heist where they need to get money for the big heist. Again, a massive setup. Another wig as well. Brilliant wig again. Um, okay. Where did you film that? I mean, that was a big, that was a big sequence. Yeah, that was Diamond Way. That was really special, actually, getting to sort so of... you actually you did know, it on Diamond Way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, uh, from the first day we filmed there, it was, I think it was two or three consecutive weekends. And my trailer was parked right in front of Radio City. And it's one of those moments where you kind wow. of step outside. Like, this isn't real life, right? Like, there's, it's that thing you just said about someone's going to find me out any minute. Someone's going to, like, turn up to set and be like, no, absolutely not. You do not belong here. Go home. Um, and it was, it was very special getting to film it actually there. I think there was only, there were only a couple of, like, specific inserts um, to do with things like, you know, it's, it's a bit, it's, it wasn't recommended that we run around Diamond Way with guns. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you may be shot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there were there were a couple of sequences that were filmed at the Netflix studios where they recreated sort of little like pockets of Diamond Way and it was disconcertingly accurate. Like down to sort of like cracks on the pavement and like bits of gum stuck to carts. It was wild. But um besides that, yeah, it was all it was all in the actual on the actual street, which is great. How incredible. Okay, well, we'll move on to the blue episode. I'm going to get you all involved in this one. The synopsis on Netflix for this episode is the team sets their intricate plan into motion amid news of a hurricane approaching the city. A paranoid Roger deals with a threat. The FBI gets a tip. For me, this episode was kind of shows loads of how the heist will work and also the bonding and the non-bonding between the heist team. Um, and Peter, I think your glasses by this stage are becoming like a main cast member of the show as well. Uh, <laughs> my glasses yeah i'm very very proud of those glasses i'm like you know uh they took on a life of their I own love, i love the journey they? They, yeah they took a, I, I'm, I'm hoping for an emmy just for the glasses just for the glasses you know? yeah there was a lot uh, of they, did, they did, did a lot of work to coach the well, uh, <laughs> to coach the glasses as well so all of you i'm going to ask you a few questions so how i mean bubba i'll ask you as a cast we all know i mean you, you know you can lie but uh, i think it's quite obvious you all got on really well i mean was it a good you were were you all away together for quite a long time filming this yeah we filmed for gosh almost six months right eric wow Ten, ten yeah. months. Early, early September, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, 
Yeah. yeah, it was so good for Bubba that he's like, it went like a flash. It went, it went by like that. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, it was great. It was more than any project I've ever worked on. I think just really, really felt like a family. Um, we spent way more time together <laughs> than we probably should have. Um, we'd get, you know, we'd get done with the shooting and we'd hang out all night or all morning, depending on if we were doing a night shoot or a day shoot. Um, yeah, that's it. Night shoots, and there must have been a lot of night shoots. That's the thing with night shoots. It's great when you're all away together, though. Also, though, uh, I, I've looked on quite a few social media posts, and apparently it was very cold when you were filming, uh, Rose. <laughs> yeah, Rose Rose went blue. Um, it, was, <laughs> it was partly, it was first, the first couple episodes, because the first ones we filmed were the hurricane ones. We were just, like, damp, just various levels of damp um, for about six weeks. Oh. And then... There was the cheat, like filming in New York winter, but cheating it for like, it's a spring day. Um, and yeah, I'm Egyptian. I haven't, I've just, I, I need to come to terms with the fact that like, I haven't, I wasn't built for this kind of weather. There's nothing that will make you feel more like an immigrant than realizing that like the weather. No, and right. that's what actors out there need to realize listening. I mean, I've worked on the soaps over here. We like Emmerdale, which is in the Yorkshire countryside. And you film it like three months in advance. So all the girls playing saucy characters are like in miniskirts and it's like October. And we're all in like North Faces and they're pretending it's the middle of summer. Exactly. You understand. I understand. Yeah. Okay. So Peter, who would you say is the biggest was or is the biggest joker on set? Oh my goodness. Is there someone who constantly would make you laugh or try to make you laugh? Was there anyone like that on set? Well, I, it was just just all, all of us kind of fucking around the entire time, you know, during, <laughs> between between takes. You know, Rose and and Jai Courtney and I had a lot of scenes together, and then Paz and and, and Giancarlo. I'm, I mean, my 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 great not a not regret, but I, I just wish I had more stuff to do with Bubba. I don't think that we actually. Uh, we, we didn't have any. We never got to interact with the FBI. Oh, three, yeah, I know. That that was which was a big bummer. But like I just uh, it was the kind of job where you look forward to going to work every day, even if you're getting up at three three o'clock in the morning, and because you know that, that that you know the crew, the cast, everybody is just working through some really really tough circumstances. You know whether it's making a show during COVID or. Um, the weather or us being trapped in a vault that is in a vault with water not, not so <laughs> with water but just the 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 levity and the kind of the good nature that everybody had it was just so much fucking fun and it's Bubba, oh go ahead sorry eric oh no i was gonna say it's interesting because bubba you and you and noosh were really at least acting wise on an on an island it was the two of yeah. you in the Rufus sometimes right um, yeah, a little bit of Tati Rufus. Um, pause a little bit, um, but yeah, it's true. We were we were fairly isolated. Um, so became friends. That's what's so cool. Yeah, right. but you must have felt you know, like at school. I remember choosing some subjects and wishing I'd chosen another subject because all of them were there. Did you feel a bit bubba out there on your YouTube? You were like, oh no, we want to be with the bad gang. We want to be with the heist team. Oh, for sure. When Rose is blowing stuff up and Peter's getting to do like, <laughs> like be in disguise and stuff. Like, yeah, I want to do that. Of course. Next time, Eric. Next time. And this was, I mean, the blue episode actually was where, I mean, where I got to see you first. This was the first appearance of, uh, cause your character, let's get this straight as well, because your character is called Samuel Toby, but you're called Toby throughout the whole thing, aren't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So Samuel just says, "What's what's what's that gone on with? Did you not like Samuel Eric, or was that is it just a was that a choice?" You know, we called him Toby in the in the writers' room. I don't remember how it happened, but we just ended up calling him Sweet Sweet Toby. Oh right, okay. Oh, uh, because he is he's you know he's a a Boy Scout, and um, that's the great thing is he has this internal code, and and he well I'll let you talk about it, Baba, but but uh, yeah, to me it was just Toby. Yeah, because your relationship, like we said with Noosh, I mean, it's an amazing relationship. I was quite, I, I was quite taken at first when I realised that he was really into her as well. Um, and it's this weird thing because she plays by the rules. Obviously, her backstory, I think, is incredible. And her story throughout the, the journey is incredible. But you, your character seems just totally in awe of her. Yeah, yeah, no, his his love of Nizan is the guiding light for for everything for him. Um, and it causes him to make a lot of mistakes and do things that he wouldn't normally do. Um, my, one, of, interesting, one of my favorite, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead, Peter. I was just going to say one of my favorite lines of the entire series is one of yours when you're looking at her and you're like, well, I'm never going to go, I'm never going to say no to you. You get that, right? I know, that is a um, good that moment. Is, yeah, that's a good... Like, you know, don't try not to ruin my life, you know? Um, but yeah, it, uh, both of them are people that would normally play by the books, but they both have this obsession. Um, yeah. And his obsession is for her. And what's it like? I mean, you know, it's a it's a kid's dream to be in the FBI, isn't it? So it must be quite cool going to work and putting on that jacket. Full stop. It, it was really cool. Um, we got to do FBI training the first day. I was going to say, yeah, to, to learn how to w- walk around the corner with a gun. And yeah, stuff, yeah, we got, yeah. We went to a shooting range and we got to we got to shoot guns and um, do tactical drills, um, like clearing out a room and having like dummies pop out at us and stuff. It was it was really fun. It was a little scary, but it was super fun. That's amazing. So now you know how to properly look like an FBI agent if we ever need you. And we did. We would we would fool some people. You're, we were meant to um, take the jackets off anytime we were not on set, so that we wouldn't. Um, so no one would confuse us for actual FBI agents. Um, but one time, Nusha and I forgot, and we were walking into our hotel where, that we were um, being held at, and it was a night shoot, so it was like three or four in the morning. And these college kids who were high out of their minds oh, no. were right into these two FBI agents. And we really, really scared them. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I worked on a show once where we recreated crimes and uh, the guy playing the baddie who had just robbed a jewelry store ran around the corner and got punched in the face. Oh my someone God. thought he was actually robbing the jewelry store. I know. Wow. God, it's quite. I know that. As Rose pointed out, that's why we were not allowed to have guns on Diamond Way. Yes. The life of Jai Courtney for future. (laughs) Yeah. So let's get to the Uh, Violet um, episode. Oh, Lee, let me just say one more thing about Bubba, which is when I watched the show down with my family, I just I waited to show my family until it was all done, until it was on Netflix January 1st, and we watched it. And um, you know, they had seen Peter and stuff and they had seen Rose and stuff, but they had never seen Bubba in anything. And we watched the show and their takeaway was, holy shit, Bubba. Um, and these are my, my family is we're a theatrical bunch. My kids uh, act and write and and they were they, they knew Bubba a little bit, but not they hadn't seen him before. And this was the first time and they were just as were we all, I think, just blown so away. Amazing with that character so anyway blown away and i'm gonna get back i am coming back to you bubba because you're not escaping the test of what you've been in but we'll quickly we'll quickly talk about the violet episode because we otherwise we'll be here for hours but i'm gonna talk to you eric about this this is 
probably my favorite episode actually i love i was you know when you start watching it it says 24 years before or something you know you think often i think oh god i hate these ones where you go back in time <laughs> but it was incredible i mean firstly struggled to make them all look younger but they all kind of did look younger that must have been an option when you're filming the the front stuff to go right how are we going to make them look that much younger yeah well there were a lot of tests um so uh the the guy who did our prosthetics there's a guy named Brett Schmidt, and uh, we call him we call him Boy Genius because he's well, he, he might be 25 now, but he was 24 when we did this, and he wow. took over the effects department. Yeah, he'd been doing it since he was 14 or 15 or something crazy like that, and so ton of tests uh, because he was really, I mean, he made Giancarlo yeah 24 years younger. There's I know incredible 100% CGI in there. Um, John Kilshaw, who headed up our VFX, is also there's so much. CG that you would never know is in there. That's also really brilliant. Um, but maybe, maybe for the de-aging, three percent, five percent at most. Um, so yeah, that's that's part of the fun is seeing all of them as youngsters, so to speak. And what was nice as well, obviously, we see the bond between Roger and Leo. It's great to explain that. I mean, I think the the devastating, sad scene at the end stands out for me as one of the best scenes between him and the young Hannah. I mean, what an incredible scene that was! I, that was the one that made me cry properly. Oh, good. That's the idea. That's the intent. We want to. Yeah, she was great, that little girl. She was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Austin's fantastic. And, A, she's lovely. B, here's the shocking part. Her mother is also lovely. Right? (laughs) What are the odds? Um, Yeah, she's she's amazing. And and she and Giancarlo had a a really good bond, um, even during the the little screen test that we did with her before we started shooting. And um, he's also just, he's great with her. Um, yeah and just i love the fact that that really explains hannah's journey as well because hannah i found the hardest to get to know for me until this episode like the you know the older hannah and then i suddenly got her from seeing the younger her yeah i think that's exactly the the you know had you watched violet first you would have had that information totally yeah yeah so let's say you watched violet first and then you watched yellow um the the some of the the twists and the surprises of yellow would not have necessarily been twists and surprises to you, but they would have been imbued with different character notions, right? So I think that's part of the fun is um, being able, like you said, to now we're sort of understanding Hannah because we see where she comes from. We see yeah. what and, and, and me said that was my favorite episode. I mean, it's really hard to pick. Quickly to all of you, Peter, have you got a favorite episode out of them all? I, I mean, honestly, Violet was the, the most fun for me to watch because I had nothing to do with, with making it. So it was, right, yeah. complete, so it was all brand new complete, to you. Complete, yeah, it was completely brand new and, and, and kind of getting to see different sides of these, of these characters that I knew so, so well. And, you know, as, as time progresses, but I just, yeah, I, I love that one. And I also, I love pink. I love how like kind of theatrical uh, it gets, um, in terms of design, in terms of uh, story and dialogue and, and all of it. So I, I would say Pink and Violet are my favorites. Uh, Rose, I mean, this is going to be hard for you because you've not watched it. <laughs> well, but I can, text-wise, I think my favorite script was Green because I really okay, yeah. it. But also I will say my favorite moment, though, which I did go and watch that bit, I just wanted to see Bob in Pink um, having not paid for the ad-free version of the app on his phone. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant. And uh, Bubba? My favorite's Pink, for sure. Um, for two reasons. One is um, Craig and Max as Taco and Samson um, are just brilliant. And um, Peter and Rose in that 
motel scene, I think, is my favorite scene in the entire series. That's a fantastic are- scene, yeah. Pink is, I, I, they're all my babies. I'm not allowed to play favorites, but damn, I do love Pink. Um, and it is the only episode that features uh, all of our main cast. Um, ah, right. Okay. Like- That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, has at least one uh, or two characters who are not in it. Um, and so there's something about being able to see the chronological um, ends or, or, or final parts of their story, if not our story, because ours should, of course, end at white. Um, but uh, being able to see it for everybody uh, that I that I do love. No, Pink is great. The huge revelation about Bob with the voice thing is absolutely incredible. That scene with you. I mean, Peter and Rose. I mean, so they're together, obviously, in Pink. Um that, are they happy? They seem to be on different. Aren't do you, what? What? What do you think? Where do you think they are in that episode? I think uh, from and I. I'm obviously. I think Peter will have his own perspective on it. I think. I think, and there's always. I don't know. I think that there's a version of events which I'm quite glad we didn't go for, and the writers didn't go for, which would have been you know they get there sort of happily ever after. Yeah, and I think actually is they we find them grappling with every the enormity of what they actually went through um and i i don't i think that the tragedy of it is that yeah they do end up together but circumstances mean that in that moment it's not right they yeah. can't be happy yeah what, I think, what do you think peter i, I think that uh it's it's what stan has, has wanted for for such a long time but i i don't think that he wanted it in in that way you know i, I think that the, the brilliance of, of the, the, in the writing is that the tension that's created of like, Oh God, but, but they're so close. It's so close to having that happy ending. And then at the end, you see one person in this kind of existential choice deciding whether to go or stay. And then you see Stan kind of a bit oblivious eating taco. With- I know. <laughs> as a cutest shop, the cutest shop Stan, just so oblivious, just tucking into his favorite tacos. Yeah, exactly. But uh, we're running out of time. But I'm going to get to. We'll do. I'm not going to even talk about white because I don't. We've spot. If you've you you must have watched the series to be listening to this. But I don't want to give away the white episode, so we will leave that. But let's go to orange and let's go to Bubba. And Bubba, I have to ask you. You have to take the quiz that the others have. So I'm going to look back at your career and see if you can remember who you played. You've done loads of stuff here, right? Let's go back to 2015 when you were in the Mysteries of Laura. Do you remember who you played? Oh gosh, I played, um, I don't know his name, but he's like, has like terrible asthma and he kills his best friend with a droid. Wow. Well, Jordan, what a a character Jordan was. His name was Jordan. Jordan, thank you. You were in The Good Fight, one of my favorite series, 2017. Mm -hmm. Do you remember who you played in that? Yeah, The Good Fight, I'm just in one scene. I play, um, I play like an angry, um, sort of incel Twitter guy who says all these terrible things um, about women. And that is like the thing that people see all the time. I'm always getting people texting me videos of myself saying these Really? Things. You were yeah. Carrie. Carrie? Carrie? Carrie, yeah. yeah. Carrie, there we go. Uh, okay, let's pick uh, one more and let's go for uh, Run the World in 2021. Oh, yeah. Run the World, I play um, Chad, who... That's it, yeah. Is, yeah, mm-hmm. And you're very much known as well for being on Broadway in year two of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which I've seen in London, which is incredible. And you're playing Scorpius Malfoy. What an experience. Oh, it was great. It was a total dream come true. 
Harry Potter. Did you? You didn't get to meet uh, the writer herself, did you? No, no, I never did. No. no, what a shame. Okay, so the, let's talk about the orange episode that, again, your characters are kind of quite pr- uh, prolific in. Um, can I firstly say the, F- the big chief FBI boss with the blonde hair, probably the sexiest voice I've ever heard in television? No, it's Tina Benko. She's one of my favorite actors in the world. Yeah, what a voice she had. You would do anything she said if you, she was your boss. I know, I know. Yeah, um, that's somebody that I've wanted to work with forever. And I was so excited when Eric told me she was going to be in the show. And again, for uh, Nazan's character there, that's it's a big emotional episode for her, isn't it? It's a big, and your character kind of has an inward look at her life as well. You kind of are one of the only people that knows what's going on with her kids and with her recovery. That's right, yeah. Um, I think um, Nazan and Toby are sort of, you know, an island in that office. Um, I think you can tell from the first time we meet Toby and Horns that he's not exactly popular with um, <laughs> with the yeah. of the FBI. <laughs> um, you know, I think he's always trying to get people to go out, but I don't know if anybody takes his invitations. Um, so yeah, I think I think they are sort of lifelines for each other, and they are they're definitely best friends in that office. Yeah. Well, you two are just incredible in it, as are Rose and Peter together. But and let's finally talk about the red episode. This is kind of the aftermath. We start with the ear, Peter. The ears, the ears, uh, the the earrings gone. <laughs> that episode. Yeah, I mean, oh we, we're not going to talk about the white episode, which is where you do the highs, lots of water. But this episode, loads of water as well. And I'm guessing a, a lot of rain machines were needed. <laughs> oh my gosh, rain machines in in the middle of winter. You know, and coming inside and trying to pretend like you're not just about to have hypothermia. (laughs) It's they don't teach you that in drama school. No, they don't actually. They should do a rain machine (laughs) class in drama school. It's really hard to, and when you're freezing cold, isn't it? It is really hard to act. Your your mouth doesn't work, and then all you can think about is the warming van that's like you know fifty feet away. And uh, but you know, maybe maybe because you're not. You know, you, you don't you don't have uh, anything getting in your way that the acting is a little bit better because you're just kind of acting on survival. <laughs> and there were, and then there is a scene where you get to stand around the fire, which I'm sure all three of you love. But that for me is a great scene as well because it's where Judy sows the doubt, the seed that Leo. It's the first time we see kind of Stan question Leo properly, really. I suppose again, an interesting scene to play for the three of you. That one, yeah, it was it was fantastic. Because then you know. Nobody is trusting anybody, and and so much of the story has been built um, on these kind of alliances and 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 uh, the the backstories that these characters have between themselves, and that felt like everything had ruptured, and um, everybody kind of was a potential uh, baddie, and um, yeah, that was just so much fun to play. Incredible, and also the family. I mean, Stan's family dies in this. He never finds out. So. Final question, really, to all of you. Eric's going to be the one, and I'm sure you can't reveal it, but there's lots of scope, is there, for another series? Well, I mean, look, I've talked about this before. I think this story of these particular characters um, is complete, right? It is is this. Without a doubt, there is space because we have space between the episodes. So, you know, I'm not going to put a complete cap on it. You know, you could look between green and yellow. There's seven years to play. Um, but I think there's potential, and there's, you know, ongoing discussion, um, with the powers that be, but, uh, there's a world where we take some aspects of this concept and we find a way to do it with a different story, maybe a different genre. What I would look, what I would love to do is 
take everybody on this call and everybody in the cast and find some way to align schedules and um, do an American Horror Story type thing where we just do something. Have- yeah. 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 That would be the absolute dream. And I'm guessing um, Baba, Peter, and Rose, you're all like, yes, we want to do something else together. Well, I, I, I find it very, very interesting that the three people on this, the three actors on this podcast didn't die. At no, it's true. Also, since he's, he promised me wigs, so I'm in. So, so. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I pitched Eric a, a season two that's just Toby crying in his aunt's office for eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> sort, of, sort of an endurance piece. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to make the official pitch now that Jordan and I, Jordan Mendoza and I, who's a genius, have been making Eric for the past few months, which is a Judy and zombie um Oh my god, I've forgotten his name. RJ. 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 <laughs> How dare you? Zombie oh, RJ. How quickly do we forget? Oh my god. <laughs> and then another meeting up with Stan a couple years down the line and starting a language truck. I think it would be great. Well, listen, guys. It has promised me tacos, so uh, <laughs> I, I get over the tacos. Right? We need to yep. see what happened with those tacos. Well, guys, it's been amazing to have you all on. It's an incredible series. Amazing to talk to you all. If obviously, I would guess most people listening to this have watched it. We're not going to spoil the white episode just in case you haven't. I mean, if you haven't watched it, you'll be thinking, "What the hell have we been talking about for an hour?" Um, <laughs> and you need to go and watch it. But, guys, thanks so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure to talk to you all. Thank, Thank you, so, you much. so much for having me. It's been fun. How amazing to have those guys on the first episode of season four of Soap from the Box. It's not often you watch a Netflix show and get to interview the cast the week after. If you want to hear the unedited version with some extra content, including what episode each cast member started on, you can get the whole show by joining up for free on the Another Slice podcast player. Get yourself now over to anotherslice.com slash soap from the box. For our launch week of season four, there is also a full special episode with EastEnders star Jacqueline Josser. You can hear for free over on Another Slice. Here's a taste. I, it was the best day of my life when I went and saw the Vic for the first time. Jake would took me around and I literally, number one, I was so buzzing to meet him. I was a huge fan of EastEnders in general and I loved the Brannins. Um, I loved Bradley, like Honestly, like I had a little crush from Bradley. Head over to another the box to hear Jacqueline Josser right now. You can also subscribe for just a few extra quid and have access to so much more. I'll be back same time, same place next week. Thank you for celebrating the first episode of season four of Soap from the Box.